If you will, let's turn to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 14. While you're turning there, we Kimberly uh, boosted the message Wednesday night on Facebook. You give a lizard man some money and they'll make everybody see it. That's scary, isn't it? Frightening. Uh, we gave him some money and that message from Wednesday night. So, in a, in a 30 mile area around Hamul, a 15 mile radius from right here, uh, it's boosted on people's feeds, which I think is hilarious. Those users are getting fed. <laughs> this guy's comical. Anyway, Lord might use it for a blessing. I made fun of it this whole time. Lord might use it for a blessing. So, it's been boosted and uh, 270 people have seen it. 37 have watched it all the way through. Been some likes in there, and one person shared it to somebody else. You know what just might be getting ready to happen? The Lord might be getting ready to split San Diego County wide open. You want a gospel work? Is that what y'all want? About put your shoulder to the plow. That might be happening. We have a war on our hands. What a what a blessed thing. <laughs> what a blessed thing it'd be. Right, First Corinthians thirteen. We're going to be looking at First Corinthians thirteen. And I'm just going to tell you what the Holy Ghost moved Paul to write. So I'm going to do. I'm just going to tell you what, what he said. That's a vast subject. Tell my message is the greatest of these is love. Love's a vast subject, and it takes a lifetime to experience it, to grow to where you see that love as if it's through a glass dimly. If you think you know a lot about love, check your ego at the door. God's going to tell us something. And if it's to, I just about can't preach from it. I see what a, a wretch I am. I've just struggled with this for days. How little I love. What little bit I know about it. But I know Him that is love. And He gave me His Word. He just might teach us something. We need to... See this message before the second one. <laughs> second one might be a little rough. Might be hard to handle. But this one might be rough too. It was for me. We'll begin in verse uh, 1 of chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Paul writes, Follow after charity. Charity. Now you young people, you pay attention to me. I got something to tell you, little fella. Y'all listen to me. My whole life, I've heard people my, my pastors say, charity, that means love. Charity, that means love. Charity, follow after love. Love. And so much so, that as I read through the Scriptures, if I'm reading it out loud, I don't even have to flip it in my head. I just say, that's what that means. Charity. You read charity in the Scriptures, son. It means love. That's what that means. Okay? Follow after 
love. Love. What's that mean? What does it mean to follow after love? These ain't complicated terms, are they? Go where love goes. Go where love goes. Other translations of the Scriptures, I'm your pastor, I'll give you good advice. Get your King James Version Bible. That's what, that's what you ought to use. Uh, it's my business, trust me on it. But some of the other ones, every now and then a blind squirrel will find a nut. <laughs> they'll, get it, they'll get it pretty good. That, one version says, follow the way of love. Follow love, follow after it, go, go where it goes, but follow the way that it goes. Do what it does. And one of the old revisions says, make love your aim. Make love your aim. You want to hit the mark? Have that mark be love. Be love. Is this important? As a preacher of old wrote an article one time. He said, what area of my life, not someone else's, but if it applies to him, it applies to me. It applies to every believer, don't it? What area of my life to which I should give the most attention if I would serve and walk with Christ the way he would have me walk? What area should I give the most attention to if I want to serve God? It said, many thoughts ran through my mind. Then I discovered the answer. The area of my life that I should give the most attention if I should glorify Christ, if I should serve Him, if I should walk with Him as He would have me to do so. Love. Love. What area of my life needs the most attention? Love does. Peter worded it this way. He said, above all things, have fervent love among yourselves, for that love shall cover a multitude of sins. Our Lord said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. How are people in this wicked, sin-cursed world going to know that you belong to God? Because you tell them you go to church? I told the waterman yesterday, I'm a pastor. Is that how he knows? Well, we talked about an hour before that, before the word got out on me. (laughs) They're going to know you are his child if you have love one towards another. True love. Not plastic hit melts in the sun love. We're going to see what love is. Paul gets us right from a get-go, and it ain't what we think love is. If we have true love, boy, it's going to last too. You can't fake it. (laughs) You can do it for a decade, uh, you do it for a long time, but if it's fake, it ain't going to make it to the end. It, it ain't going to hold up. That tire's going to go flat. But true love. What about the other things? Are they important? Sure they are, aren't they? Other things are important. Just before he says this in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, look up one, one verse there. Where does this love go? What, what is following way of love? Make your love your aim. What about other things? Look at verse 13. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now abideth faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. Faith has been given to us. Faith that the Lord gave. It's His gift and He makes us look to Christ and Him alone for everything we need and everything we desire. Faith that we walk by, looking to our Lord, following Him. That's what faith He's talking about. And hope. That's an earnest expectation. That ain't wishy. We earnestly expect that everything that He said, He's going to do. Everything He said, it's going to come to pass. We have a hope. We have an earnest expectation of Him coming again. Of His return. That's what we look for. 
a rightful anticipation that in that day of judgment, I stand before Him, I'll see Him as He is, because I'll be made like Him. There'll be no condemnation, as He says. I'll look Him dead in the eye. He'll look me right back. That's a hope. We have faith in Him, and we have an expectation. Those two are important, aren't they? Is that important? Now abideth faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Why is love the greatest? That's going to be hard for some folks. It's either going to be hard to believe because they've never experienced it, or it's going to be hard because it's true. I struggle. I'm not good at it. I don't feel like I know much of it. And I struggled with this. Or people's going to struggle getting a hold of it because they ain't, they've never experienced God. And that's just all there is to it. Why is love the greatest? It's the source of salvation. Do you know that? Where's salvation come from? Well, it's in Jesus and this and that. People have all their ideas, right? The foundation, the source of God's salvation that He's the Lord of, it's sourced from love. That's its beginnings. Paul wrote to us, said, But God who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, because of that love, even when we were dead in sins, even when we were wicked, vile worms that were just at war with Him, He's quickened us together with Christ. How are we made alive and made one with Christ? Because of the Father's love. That's the source of it. The foundation of grace. The driving force behind grace. He says, by grace are you saved. The driving force behind grace is love. If you ain't got no love, there ain't no such thing as grace in your mouth. Can't speak up. People say, well, what about the burden of the Lord? The Lord said, don't you, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> don't you speak about the burden of the Lord. The purpose of the Father was established in His love for those He put in Christ before time. John told us herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. And that wasn't just saying you love somebody. Love you. Hate that for you. Good to see you. That He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. He sent Him to be the bloody, accepted sacrifice. I was told that sounds vulgar. Good, it was. It was bloody. It was messy. He was marred beyond... His mother didn't even know who He looked like. And that was just on the outside, and God forsook Him. For what? For our sins. And you know where that come from? Love. You got a good handle on what love is? I told you, check it at the door. That's what love is. Christ was made the accepted bloody sacrifice out of love. And He said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I love my sheep. And am known of mine. Do we love Him that first loved us? If He's loved you, you better believe you love Him. <laughs> Why? That's instinct. That's the nature. That's the nature of love. That's what it does. He said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Those that He loves, do they follow after charity? Do they follow after love? Does they make love their aim? He said so. He said so. That's my aim. Do I feel like I'm standing on a bullseye? Absolutely not. That's my aim. That's where I'm aiming. How are we going to find out about the Father's love before time? How are we going to find out that the Son fulfilled that love on Calvary's cross? How are we going to come to this one that we're at war with? We have to be drawn. 
God, the Holy Ghost draws us. Do you know that? The Father purposed it, the Son purchased it, and then the Spirit comes and proclaims it in our heart. We're drawn to be to Him in love. Jeremiah 31 says, The Lord hath appeared unto me of old, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. We stop there, don't we? Colon. There's a listing. Therefore, because of that everlasting love, we can't, we can't even enter into that. Something has infinity. Something has no beginning and no end. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee. Love's what drew us. What if I run wild? Well, if the Lord's loved me always, He sent a Son for me, He revealed a Son in me, and I take off. <laughs> Maybe I've lived through that. We're kept. We're kept. Paul said we are kept by the power of God. That power of God's acted upon by His love for those that He saves. We're kept by His power, kept in His love. Why is love the greatest to all these? Love saved us. And love came first. Love came first. If God is love, Christ has a preeminence. What is He? <laughs> That's true, isn't it? But love came first. Before there was ever faith, before there was ever a sure expectation, before Adam ever had hope, before Eve ever said, the Lord's promises come to pass, He gave me a man child, there it is. He tells, he's telling the truth. Before that ever happened, there was love. Before time, before there's a sinner on earth, love was there. While we are on this earth, while we're here, love's the evidence of faith and hope. And I said, love does something, don't it? Love don't just sit back in an easy chair and say, I love you. What James say? You got faith? I'll show you my faith by my works. Does that mean go out and feed the hungry? <laughs> no, it ain't works. We know we ain't saved by works. He says, but I'm going to show you because I love. We'll get down in the pit with you. Put our shoulder to the plow. Love's the evidence of faith and love's the evidence of hope. If somebody, if I have an expected end and I know that when the, if the Lord rolled them clouds back to right now and He come from glory, I have an expectation. Am I going to walk this earth <laughs> moaning and nagging and Carrying on all the time, complaining about everything that's underneath the sun, and blah, 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 and bitter to everybody around me. No, like that fellow on the boat going to England, down in the dregs, that ship, rats crawling all over him, and he's just happy as a lark. And I said, well, "How in the world could you be happy down here? It's muggy, and there's rats all over the place, and we're hungry. The food's bad." He said, "The second I get to England, buddy, I got an inheritance. <laughs> he's going to be stinking rich. We can enter into that." Carnally, can't we? Well, when this life's over, the second it's over, I'm going to be with the one that loved me first. I'm going to be with my Redeemer. How ought I react? We go out and work in the garden. The rains come. Oh, look, my Lord sent the rain. Love Him for what He does. While we're here on this earth, love is what motivates true obedience to the Lord. Truly to follow Him. Truly to serve Him. Truly to walk after Him. Love's the motivation. How can I, how can I know that? For His people, how can I know that? Paul told us again, for the love of Christ constraineth us. If I'm constrained to be obedient to the one that saved me. Why? His love constrained me. That's not out of necessity. That's not out of begrudging attitudes, is it? Anything a believer does... 
that is not done from a heart of love, it doesn't mean squat. If you're doing it out of just obligation or necessity or anything else, because, well, we got to. You got to grit your teeth and do it. Don't do it. <laughs> if, you, if you've got to give of your first fruits every month in that little box with a hole in it in the back, and it, don't do it. <laughs> don't. Normal preachers ask people for money. I tell you, don't give it. <laughs> if it ain't out of love, God won't accept anything that's not motivated out of love for Him, love for His Son. It won't be accepted. Now, if the Lord's blessed you abundantly, you'll have love in your heart. And it's easy, isn't it? Do it is there people like rules for everything, don't they? I heard a friend of mine got asked, he said, What do I give 10% before or after taxes? He said, Don't give nothing. Do you have to ask that of your children? Of your loved ones, your spouses, your family, your parents? Today's Father's Day. Jared bought me something, got me a gift. He didn't go ask his mother, now how much do I have to spend on dad's gift? Well, buddy, you all right? <laughs> He'll be okay. Don't get him nothing. What's wrong with you? There might not be love there. Love gives, don't it? Love's the greatest of all because it will prevail. Love saved us. Love was before and love will always be. It'll prevail. Don't flinch too much and hear me out. Okay? Grab holy seats. You might learn something. You ain't never heard of this. There'll come a day... For every child of God, your faith ain't going to be needed no more. You ain't going to have faith. Do you know that? You're going to see Christ face to face. You'll be with Him. You don't have to, to, to hope to see Him. You don't have to hope to believe in Him. You'll believe Him. He's right there. You hear Him. Hope will be fulfilled one day. It'll give way to reality. We have an expected end. Well, that end's going to come. That expectation is going to be fulfilled. We hope to be made like Christ. I hope to be made and, and set with joy, exceeding joy in His presence. In His presence. Well, one day that's going to happen. When? When? Everybody's worried about when. I, I can tell you a time frame for certain. You want to hear my prediction? Sometime within the next 60 years, I'll tell you all about this. <laughs> I'm 42. I don't think I'll make it to 102. If the Lord don't come between then, I'll go to Him. He'll bring me to Him. That love will draw me to Him. Faith's going to become sight. Hope will arrive, but love will never change. Those things have, a, have, a, have their place. Now they're necessary, but they're going to come to an end because we'll be with Him. We'll be made like Him, but love will never change. Do you see that? That same love that's everlasting, it'll never go away. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith and hope, that's the evidence of love. We sing, Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sought, and the clouds be rolled back like a scroll. The trumpet shall sound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it's well with my soul. Why will it be well with my soul? Love will endure. Love's the greatest because it's the character of those in the kingdom of God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Isn't that what John told us? When we were going through First John, that's the first book we went through when I got here. Do man say he loved God and he hated his brother? He's a liar. That's strong. It's true, isn't it? Paul tells us to follow after love. Make that your aim. If you miss love, you're going to miss faith. 
If you miss love, you're going to miss hope. You ain't going to have any. You have a false hope. You have a false faith. What does real love look like? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Love's described here. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not love, I'm become a sounding brass or a tinkling symbol. What's that mean? If I could speak a hundred languages and translate the scriptures and translate messages, and I could say the nicest things to people. He just says the nicest things. Say them so sweetly. And I don't have love for Christ, and I don't have love for His people. I'm just an annoying gong. I'm a pesky wind chime. That's all I am. That's it. But he did great things. It's nothing. Nothing. Verse 2 says, And though I have the gift of prophecy, though I can preach, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, have not charity, have not love, I'm nothing. Didn't they say that? Lord, we've preached in Your name. We've performed miracles. We've cast out devils in Your name. Well, that sounds good. If you don't have love for God, love for His people, it's nothing. It's nothing. That happened to Simon. Not Simon Peter, but he's there with the apostles. He was agreeable to the gospel. He didn't chop anybody's heads off. And he saw them apostles lay hands on somebody and the Holy Ghost went into them. And he offered them money. Saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. How much will this cost? Let me give you some money. Let me do that. Let me do that. That's not out of love. That's not waiting. Waiting on the one that loved you. You could be the best preacher. You could understand every picture of Christ in the Scriptures. You could have faith to perform miracles and move mountains. But if love is not in it, it's nothing. It don't count. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, have not love, it profiteth me nothing. What if you give all your money to the church? And you sacrifice yourself. And you sacrifice your own body. I'll be a martyr. Don't kill them, kill me. How could someone give all their wealth and give all their their own bodies, lay down their life for the gospel and not do it out of love? Is that even possible? It sure is. It sure is. Ananias and Sapphira, they sold off their stuff More support a gospel ministry, but they held something back, didn't they? So why did they sell off all their stuff? Was it for love? No, it was out of recognition. They wanted to be seen for it. What did that Pharisee in the temple say? He gives alms to the poor, doesn't he? Why did he give alms to the poor? That's an addition, that's an offering. That's in addition to tithes. <laughs> the Lord said, You've robbed me in tithes and offerings. Why did he give alms to the poor? For righteousness. And in eyes of them, they wanted to be seen of men. And, and that Pharisee in the temple did it so God owed him something. He did it for righteousness, for his own good works. So he'd be seen with that. Without love, everything 
that even seems good, everything that even seems right and proper, it's a sounding brass. It's an annoying alarm clock at 5 a.m. If you, <laughs> We've been learning in our house. If you set an alarm clock that sounds like a, a tune that puts people to sleep, sounds like a lullaby, you ain't going to wake up to it. It's got to be annoying to wake up, don't it? That's all we are, an annoying 5 a.m. alarm clock. Lord told Isaiah, those that stay, say, stand by thyself to come not near me, I'm holier than thou. He said, there are smoke in my nose. There are fire burneth all day. It's annoying. Love is the gift of God. And it's shed abroad in the heart of His people. What's that mean? It's broadcasted. Like seed in a field. You take it and sling it. It's slung to every corner. It might be tiny little seeds, but it's there. What does His love that He provides do? It's all based on love. That's something you can't choose to do. You can't choose to love somebody. Same as you can't choose not to love somebody. That's a gift of God, isn't it? He does that. That's His work. His love that puts in us. What does His love that He provides do? Verse 4. Charity suffereth long. It suffers long. It's patient. It don't give up easy. They don't say, well, we did it for a little while. Let's hang it up. It's over. No, first off, this is the first thing Paul hit with too, the Spirit speaking through Paul. First thing, I want to know something about this love, this saving love, this eternal love, this love that's in Christ only. Tell me something about it. First thing, it suffers long. You're going to suffer and it's going to take a long time. <laughs> it's going to last a long time. Is that appealing? Is that, is that what man preaches to other man? No, no, that's warm fuzzies. God says the first thing that this love does, it's going to suffer long. It's going, it ain't going to give up. Not easy. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Paul told us there in Ephesians 4, Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Why? Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. How can I suffer long? How can I be kind? He suffered long with me. How long must this I suffer you? Is what he said. What? Take it real. His kindness to me. Charity envieth not. Love doesn't envy. There's a difference between envy and jealousy. You know, in a sense, jealousy wants to keep what it already has. <laughs> but the difference between jealousy and envy quickly is jealousy is like I really want that. And envy says, you got what I want, and I don't think you ought to have it. Love doesn't take away from others, does it? It doesn't strip others. It provides. Love vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Love doesn't promote itself. Love doesn't promote its knowledge. Love doesn't promote its abilities. Love doesn't just correct everybody around them on every little jot and tittle. Love's humble. And it promotes others. That's what love does. Pride's arrogant. Love's not. Why? What do we have to boast in? What do we have to boast in? Who maketh thee to differ? What do you have that you didn't receive? Love doesn't vaunt itself. Verse 5 says, Doth not behave itself unseemly. What's that mean? Love doesn't behave unseemly. It's not rude. It's not rude. It's not without manners. It's not without courtesy. 
Love labors to be appealing. Love labors to be kind. Love labors to be patient. If you want friends, you need to be friendly, don't you? Why would you want friends? You love people. <laughs> We're in a people business. John Chapman told me that when I was a young, young fella. Yeah, we're in the people business. Verse 5 says, Love seeketh not her own. Everyone around this country has been and is because nothing changes. Everybody talks about their rights. My rights. My rights. I'm going to do things my way. And, and whatever nonsensical argument they have, my body, my choice. You know what people say? That's all over. Whether you're killing babies or, or uh, fighting vaccines or wanting to wear a mask or don't want to wear a mask, what are you saying? My body, my choice. I got rights. Doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter how it affects you. It doesn't matter what. I'm going to do it my way. That's my right. No, that's selfish. No matter what argument you stand on, no matter what platform you're saying, I'm going to do it my way. That's self centered, what that is. Love seeketh not her own. Best illustration I've ever heard of that. Mothers love their children. And they cannot love their child and seek their own. They forego sleep. They forego meals. They forego showers. Because <laughs> they're seeking that child's well-being, aren't they? Love puts the needs of others before self. And not begrudgingly. Not begrudgingly. Not from duty, but from love. Why well, i got to do this? Absolutely not. It's out of love. It's out of love. There might be some pain with it. There's going to be some suffering with it. But it's out of love. You can have duty and have love. Lord used a whole bunch of scaffolding to build His church. Lord used ravens to feed His prophets. You can have duty and not have love. But you cannot have love without duty. I made that bold and I underlined it and I'll put it in the bulletin next week. You can have duty without love, but you cannot have love without duty. That nurse, what's it, this, this is the illustration I was talking about. A nurse goes in to that, uh, care for them, them babies in incubators. And they're so sick and so frail and so little. And those maternity nurses come in and they, they care for that child. And they do everything they can in their power to take care of that child. And they make sure the fluids are in that child. And they make sure it's warm enough. And they make sure it's covered. And they watch its heartbeat and they check its blood pressure. And they are diligent. Four o'clock came. High five and switch, buddy. The next one comes on. What about that mother? That mother don't leave. We're out of beds. We ain't got no pillows. You can stay in here. You have to sleep on the floor. Well, I'll sleep on the floor. I ain't leaving. One song said, I deny my own self before I see you without it. Why? Because I love you. Because baby, I love you. Verse 5 says it's not easily provoked. What's that? Love doesn't fly off a handle at every little thing. Love ain't overly sensitive. Love ain't overly cranky. You don't have to walk on eggshells around love. Scared to death, you might fire them up. If we've been given wisdom from above, love from above, it is easily entreated. That's what James said. It's easy to talk with someone you love, don't it? If there's real love there, me and Kimberly can go on a, a, a road trip from any corner of this country to any other corner. We've been to all of them, ain't we, baby? That's not a chore. Oh, man, let me get a piece of paper. I'm going to make some notes. Me and her have something to talk about. 
Well, no, I love her. Now, let me ask you a question. We understand that. Let me hit you where you live. Hit me where I live. You struggle with praying? Do we make a form out of praying? Do we play religion? You talk to your wife, hello, wife, and have a list of checklist of things you want to hit. No, you talk to them. That's our Father. Are we reverent? You better believe it. Because He first loved us. We know who He is. That's a holy God. But pour out your heart. Lord, if it, if it be your will, make us tomato plant ripen. I've been staring at this half pink tomato for two weeks now. <laughs> it's a Cherokee purple and it won't turn pink or purple. It's just stopped. I started looking up stuff. If you can have tomatoes that don't ever ripen, maybe there's a nutrient I'm missing or something. Just tell the Lord. Take your burden to Him and leave it there. Do we ask for things? Of course we do. We petition for serious things? Of course we do. But if there's love there, there's communication there. And it's not forced, and it's not fake, and it's not somebody else's. It's mine. I possess it. I am my beloved's and my beloved's mine. Isn't it? Talk to him or so. I talked to that woman there, and I'm not disrespectful to her. I love her. <laughs> Speak kindly to her. Love thinketh no evil. Does that mean it don't have evil thoughts? Absolutely not. Love doesn't find faults in other people. What do they do? You see a man or woman walking downtown, what do they do? What are they thinking about? The Lord forgave the sins of that paralyzed man. There in Matthew 9. And it said, The scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. They're judging every little thing. Looking for fault in every little thing, wouldn't it? And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? You just said God blasphemed is what it was. But you're finding fault. Finding fault. Love doesn't do that. Verse 6 says, Rejoices not in iniquity. Love doesn't rejoice in iniquity. Love doesn't rejoice in someone else's sin. And the falling down of others. It doesn't do that. When your children are learning how to walk and they fall and they hit that table, do you laugh at them? <laughs> of course not. You go grab that child and love it. What do we do when a brother or a sister is in a fault? We said, buddy, I, I told them. They got, they got what's coming to them. I'll tell you that. Or do we just drop what we're doing and hug them and love them? Like, you shouldn't have been walking there. You should have watched out. You should have been looking. You should have read. You should have done. No! Snatch them up. Hug them close. We do all the other things. We do the, I do the opposite of everything. And you know what that is? That's my flesh. That's my sin nature from Adam and I hate it. I abhor myself. Kevin, how could you say that? Well, God's saints say stuff like that, don't they? Job did. You abhor yourself? I do. It rejoices not in equity, but rejoiceth in truth. Does that mean I just like to be accurate? No, love rejoices in Christ the truth. Love rejoices in that one that redeemed us and all of His people from their iniquities. And no one can lay a charge to us. That's what we rejoice in, in Him. Whatever a person truly believes, or whatever a person truly rejoices in, that's what they talk about. Did you know that? I like gardening. Could you tell? <laughs> Could you tell? I talk about it. Don't I? I like my children. Can you tell? I talk about them. 
I tell people about it. Whatever a person truly rejoices in, that's what they talk about. If they talk a lot about what other people are doing wrong, that's because they rejoice in that. If they talk a lot about what errors other people have that they've discovered, they rejoice in error. If they talk about how right they are and they correct everyone all the time, they're rejoicing in their own knowledge. What should we talk about? Paul tells us that too. Paul knew something about this love, did he? He wrote a lot about it. He said in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever thing is true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Barnard used to say this. I wouldn't say something bad about somebody. The devil do that. Go say something good. If somebody comes picking at you, <laughs> all right, let me finish that. What sort of things are a good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Rejoice in these things. I have a loved one that's getting just hen pecked. And I said, next time that old hen comes and starts pecking you to death, whatever, just have something to brag on the Lord about. Isn't that true? If somebody's coming after me and said, Kevin, what are you doing this? Well, look how the Lord provided. Can you imagine that? How did this, look how kind and, and long-suffering He has been to me. And you know what will happen? Either that will be a brother or sister that knows the love of God. You brag on Him. And they'll say, oh, you're right. Lord's gracious to His people. They're rejoicing in His people. Or if every time somebody tries to talk about what they rejoice in and you meet them with, with the, the love of God in Christ for His people... This going to shut them up. So you take that ammo, put it, in your, put it in your gun. Next time somebody comes after you, you just start talking about the wonderful things the Lord did. And they'll either bow or shut up and leave. They'll leave you alone. That's what we ought to think on. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are of good report, virtue. Think on these things. Verse 7 says, Love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. It endures suffering. It bears Burdens. It endures the storm, the good times, the boring times. <laughs> Love endures the boring times. Love endures hurt feelings. Love endures neglect from others. Love don't care, it just loves. Love don't love if you love me. That's quid pro quo. That's, that's blasphemy. Love loves. It, it goes out from you. Whenever I was gone, last time I was deployed, I come back, Johanna, I missed the bulk of her first half of her life and uh, she's a year and a half old when I come back I've been gone a year and she didn't know me she just knew as a strange man uh, hugging her mother and she screamed and if she could we'd hug each other she'd get between us and push us apart and, and looked at me and just bawled and cried and screamed get this man away from me and I said well I'll just hold her next week I don't care if she's crying <laughs> give me that baby I ain't seen you in a year. Give me that thing. I'm going to hug her and kiss her. She's pushing away. You can push away all you want to. I love you. Get away from me. You can hate me all you want. I love you. Your opinion to me doesn't change my opinion of you. What does the Lord say? I know my thoughts of you. I know what I've thought about you. Oh, ain't that what's important? I want to have those thoughts. I want Him to teach me. The honeymoon phase is a very small portion of of love. Love endures. It bears. It believes. And it does not stop. It does not end. It does not quit. Lord said those would be, He'll make them faithful to the end. And the, the closer I get to my end, the more I ask, Lord, make me faithful. Lord, keep me. But that love, 
that preceded faith and hope, didn't it? It doesn't end. It doesn't quit. Look here in verse 8. Charity never faileth. It don't fail. Love He gives don't fail. But whether they be prophecy, they shall fail. All the preaching I have is going to, it's going to quit one day, isn't it? Whether they be tongues, like translate or speak a bunch of languages, they cease. Whether they be knowledge, I know everything. Sometimes this brain's going to be gone. I'll lie on a grave, won't it? For we know in part and we prophesy in part. I know the Lord and I only know part. You know Him. You only know part. I, it's, this goes with Wednesday's message because people always stand on the dead men. They'll praise the, the dead and curse the living. I've watched it happen. It ain't a lie. And I told Kim, if she's got specific instructions, on my death, delete every message I've ever preached. Everything I've ever wrote, you shred it. I don't want my name attached to any of it because if I was to find out what a shame that would be, uh, 200 years from now, there's the, the, the Thacker Baptist Conference or something. Get rid of everything that's me. All those things will cease. What's my aim then? <laughs> Verse 10. But when that which is perfect is come. What's that which is perfect? Christ. When Christ is come, that which is in part shall be done away with. All that stuff I understand in part, I really don't have a good handle on it. I mean, we do, but we don't. In His vastness and His love and His mercies, we don't really enter into them. Those things will go away and be done with. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Physically, in this world, I've told my, my boys this, you quit acting like a child. There's no such thing as adolescence. This in-between, figure it out for a couple of years, there's no such thing. You're either a child or you're a man. Either act like a child or act like a man. Pick one and go with it. We understand it practically. That's all people see. Spiritually, are we, are we children in God? To enter His kingdom, will we have to be like a child? We're His children, aren't we? We're here. We have to be taken care of. We've fed and, and looked after and everything else. But when this life is over, when He that is perfect has come, we'll be grown-ups. We'll be brides. <laughs> Ain't that something? We'll be right there with Him. For now, verse 12, for now we see through a glass darkly. But then... What's he talking about? But then, what I just told you, face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. I'm going to know him the way he fully knows me. We've got a, hand, a little bit of a more handle on love. We don't have a handle on love, but we understand a little bit more, don't we? We've got a little bit of a grasp on it. Now verse 13 again. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. Right now, living in you, Christ dwelling in you, you have faith, you have hope of His return, and you have love. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. The greatest of these is charity. That's the greatest one's love, isn't it? I'm going to give you a commandment. I'm going to tell you to do something. Every one of you. Y'all hear me? I'm telling me to do something. Hold on, Kevin. Easy. Easy. Well, you'll be alright. If you've been mad at somebody and you've been hurt and you've been offended and you can't just deal with your brother, you can't deal with your sister, and you just you got to have friction. I don't care if it's been two days. I don't care if it's been two months. I don't care if it's been two years. I don't care if it's been 20 years. Drop it and love one another. Drop it and love one another. I'm telling you flat out. 
How can I say that? Kevin, how could you get up and just, how could you know that? Our Lord said, a new commandment I give you. That you love one another. That you love one another. He gave us commandments. The Lord gave us ordinances, didn't He? Why are believers baptized? When they hear the truth, not under a false gospel, when they hear the truth, and the Lord says, be baptized. And they say, okay. And they put away their pride, they put away their ceremony, they put away their whole life of, 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 of playing church, and they bow to God, they submit. We'll see, this, we'll see this next hour. Sometimes when they're real old. They bow to God and they submit and they do what He says. What about when the Lord says, take this table? He said, eat of my flesh. That's an unleavened bread. Drink this wine. We drink wine because it's wine, because He said so. That's His blood. We do it. He said, I ain't doing that. Well, no, we love Him, don't we? Here's His commandment. Love one another. How? How am I going to do that? As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Love's not a priority. It is the principle and it's the possession of every child that's born of God. Love's the driving of the Lord's people. And our Lord commands it. And if He commands something, guess what? That means it's going to happen. Ten Commandments and say, well, it's a rule of life. Read that as if the Lord's declaring something to us. You shall. What's that mean? That means it's going to happen. Well, how can it? It's going to happen to His Son, isn't it? It's going to happen to His Son. What are we to do if we have love? I've gone long and that's, that's all right. You can sit through a movie, you can make it 45 minutes. <laughs> Lord came to Simon Peter. He said, Simon, our son of Jonas, love us me more. Thou me more than these. He wasn't saying to other people, do you have b- bigger love than the... Po-? No. You love me more than your fishing boats? Do you love me more than quitting preaching? Do you love me more than your family and your mommy and daddy and everybody else? He said, you love me more than these? Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. And he saith unto him, feed my lambs. Don't comb them. Don't whip them. Fix a crooked leg. Don't get all the bugs out of their hair. What did he say? Feed them. Feed them lambs. He saith to him again a second time, Simon, thou son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he saith, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I lovest thee. And he said, Feed my sheep. And he saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved. Because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. What if I don't have a trough? Maybe I got a scoop. What if I don't have a scoop? Well, maybe I got a field we can grow a little bit, bit of Milo in. Get them sheep fed. Well, if I don't own a field, well, I can go by and pick weeds out of that Milo. Every one of us have a different job, don't we? If we have experienced this love of God shed abroad in our hearts, what is our purpose? To go into the world and preach the gospel at night. Tell somebody else about Him. I, I, I love people. I want them to know God before they meet Him. I want Christ to reveal Himself in their hearts before they, they see judgment. What can we do? What can we do to further this gospel? I want to feed the sheep. Do you? I, do. I want to be fed. I want, I want there to be other sheep. I'm a herd animal. I want to be in a big herd. I want a bunch surrounded, <laughs> surrounding me. Keep you warm, won't it? Love's important. The wisest, wisest man born of Adam. I was reading the Proverbs. Boy, that's hard. 
several times Solomon says, you fold your hands and go to sleep. There's work to be done. I'm just going to take a nap. And I thought, well, I need to quit napping. I need to quit being lazy. Talks a lot about a lazy man. But Proverbs 15, 7, 17 says, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. I'd rather have to become a vegetarian in a home we have nothing but beans and rice where love is than have a big fat steak from a, an ox that never left a barn and have nothing but hatred. Isn't that it? A dinner of herbs being fed. <laughs> Lord, feed his own. All right. Father, thank you for this word. Lord, teach us to love. Teach us to love by showing the love that Christ had for us. Allow it to be paramount in our hearts, Lord. Be with us. Forgive us for what we are. Lord, forgive us for our inability and our unknowingness. And who will save us from this body of death? Allow us to love Christ, Lord. Allow us to love one another. And allow us to tell those that don't know Him yet. Allow us to feed the sheep and broadcast Christ who is truth and wisdom and love and redemption and sanctification of His people to everyone. They'll give us ear to hear, Lord. Give us words to speak to them. Be with us this day. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen. All right.